Welcome to this special edition of Tell Me Your Story. It's another series of interviews that we are going to be doing in reference to Sacred Stories Publishing. A new book is coming out, and it is called Mayhem to Miracles. Rather appropriate. Uh, the first time we uh, did a series with uh, the Sacred Stories Publishing was Chaos to Clarity. So they're kind of uh, hanging on to that theme. I, I kind of like that. And our special guest here on the program today is one of its contributors to that work, and we're very grateful to have him with us. And it's Mehdi Libera. Thank you so much for joining us here on the program and for contributing to this work. It's Really nice to have you on the program. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me on the program. Happy to be here. You, uh, you have, uh, is, this, is this the first time you have contributed to a work like this, or, or is this something that uh, is a regular thing for you? No, first time that I've contributed to, to a piece like this. I mean, uh, I, write, I write my own books, so I already have one that's out, and I'm uh, currently reworking my second one to get it ready to submit. To sacred stories, actually, in the in the new year. And what is that book going to be about? I I don't know. Do you have a title already? Yeah, I have a title, but uh, it'll probably change. But the current one is uh, "A Boy and a Plant: My Sacred Dance with Nature's Medicine." Wow! And it's uh, it's my journey with uh, plant medicine that helped me overcome my addictions, make peace with my childhood trauma, and uh, give birth to my dream. Well, we're going to talk about a significant fork in a moment, but I want to find out a little bit more about you, the, this this whole, um, I'll call it medicine work, if you will. Yeah, um, absolutely. I'm very intrigued by it primarily because the, the, the we have lost so much of our connection to nature, uh, to the natural world when it comes to our health, our wellness, our well-being. Uh, tell yeah. me, how did you, uh, how did this start for you? When did you connect or reconnect with the natural world to the level that you're at now? So I actually, uh, it was all in the midst of my addictions. I was just watching some program on National Geographic about plant medicines. And uh, the one I'm focusing on in particular is called ayahuasca. And uh, so... I began my journey into nature uh, January 2017, and that's what helped me get to sober point to to uncover all the bullshit I told myself why I couldn't get it done. <laughs> and uh, what I was telling you earlier about uh, how it gave birth to my dream, well, my dream is to become a shaman and help people from all walks of life heal from their traumas, whether it be mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, addiction. You know, I just want to help people that. Uh, create positive changes in their lives. Now, I have uh, seen uh, the documentary, or a documentary, I guess I should say, on... Um, now, it wasn't... Ref the, the documentary was not called Ayahuasca. I think it was like DTMS or something like that, the initials uh, for the actual... Like DMT, the spirit molecule? Thank you very much. That's it. DMT, right. the spirit molecule. I yes, was extremely... Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, I was extremely intrigued by the experiences that some of these folks had, especially the one gentleman who asked how long he had been under because it felt like for him he'd been gone, as it were, for days. And they said, no, he'd only been gone 10 minutes. Oh, absolutely. It can definitely completely distort your perception of time. And, of course, time is a concept absolutely. of man. It's, it's, not, yeah. it's not part of nature. Uh, you it's know, I, I, <laughs> we think about when uh, this country in particular, but it's, of course, global too. Uh, different countries, they will shift twice a year from daylight saving time to standard time. That's created by man. The animals don't care. You know, <laughs> yeah, the, no, the cows still need to be milked. The chickens' eggs still have to be collected. You Absolutely. know, the spiders don't care. The sloths don't care. The polar bears don't care. It's all, it's all the same to them. Oh, my gosh. I, and I, I wish we would just stay on one time. I really do. But Too confusing. It is. It's, it, <laughs> it is very confusing. Now, in terms of ayahuasca, if I'm understanding correctly, in the United States, it is considered a controlled sub substance and it is illegal. Is that yeah, correct? It, it, yeah, it is illegal and uh, it's being decriminalized in certain states. So you have like Oregon, 
I mean, Oakland has decriminalized it. Colorado has decriminalized all plant medicine, as far as I know. And uh, it's still, it's slowly getting to that stage. Yeah. Who knows if it'll ever be legal, right? But I right. don't do anything in the States anyways. Ah. I'll go down to where, Costa Rica or Peru, mm -hmm. and uh, that's where I do all my work. Right. Now... Or training, I should say. You're I'm training. Still training. Right. Shaman, yeah. Now, why ayahuasca why not any one of the other uh how do we put this i don't want to say hallucinogens but maybe that's the right term controlled yeah, substances they're called, they're called entheg uh, entheogens like a oh. substance that induces a spiritual experience okay and to, to, why ayahuasca well as crazy as it sounds i was chosen for this in in my 11th ceremony the medicine took me on one hell of a ride completely cleaned me and uh, gave birth to me and said she raised me as her own. And uh, basically when she brought me back to the ceremony space, she said, well, don't get too comfortable because we got more work to do. We're going to help other people heal together mm -hmm. along those lines. And I was like, okay. So I connected all my ceremonies. I went down to Peru. I started my training and now I'm just waiting to, uh, to find a new teacher and a new center to continue the training and uh, continue this journey really. Now, is it because the uh, old center that you were working with or the people you were working with have moved on or they only the, took you to a certain level? No, there was a, a little bit of drama happening and uh, I actually went to a new center in uh, this past June, but things turned out to be even more shady there. So I wasn't comfortable continuing my diets there. So I came back to, to Vegas where I'm currently at right now and uh, just waiting for the next spot, looking around, you know, Whenever the time's right, it's not something you, this is not something you push. It, everything falls into place. Just have to trust the universe, as we say. There's divine right order, as they say. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, you want to become a shaman. Yeah. In that specific tradition. Why? That's what helped me um, get, get over my addictions, make peace with my traumas. And uh, I really have a connection that that's almost like mother and son with the medicine because we call her mama ayahuasca or madre ayahuasca or mother ayahuasca. So it's like almost like she, like I said, she gave birth to me, right? So it's almost like we have that. She's my, she's like my cosmic mother, right? So we have like that bond. And um, since I started my journey with the medicine, it's like I've really grown. She helped me, she helped me grow. And now mm -hmm. I'm just a baby shaman if you want, if you want me to put it that way. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I'll tell you, it's it's just been fascinating uh, to to uh, start to hear about the changes that people are going through in terms of some of the experiences they are choosing to have. Let's just say through these antigens like ayahuasca mm -hmm. uh, and wanting to raise their consciousness. Now, there are people who would say, why do you need these chemicals, uh, shall we say, to raise your consciousness, to uh, get closer to God, to heal your traumas, etc., etc. How is it that these are more helpful, more beneficial than other methods that you are aware of? Well, it's, it's all a matter of perspective and your own experience right so for me i've been in therapy before though not for long right but drinking a cup of ayahuasca is like almost five to ten years of therapy in a couple of hours right mm -hmm. sure it's a lot of information that's thrown at you but you're able to get to the root of it all mm -hmm. right and you know how we have that purging effect Mm -hmm. which is a very necessary aspect of the experience. Well, anything you purge does not belong inside you. All that energy, whether toxic, negative, trauma has to come out. But you also can't forget that no matter how much you rid yourself of these energies, these experiences have shaped you into the person you are today. So it's just understanding where you've come from, where you are now, and where you want to go. 
Well, I would have to say that uh, it's an, it's extremely important for people to be very careful as well, and I'm sure that lots of precautions are taken. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. This yeah. is not this is not something that has to be taken lightly. You know, you you cannot. Oh, you know what? I'm just going to go to to Costa Rica, Peru, Ecuador, wherever you may want to drink this medicine and be like, oh, I just want to have a good time. Because if that's the mindset you have, then you should definitely not be going. And anybody who tells me. Like, oh, I want to try this. And I'm like, this is not something you try. This is something you do if you feel called to it, if there's a real reason why you want to understand something, you want to get to the root of something. This You, you, you can't joke around with that. Right, right, yeah, right. And yeah, like you said, there's precautions taken, you know. You should always be with an experienced shaman. And... Um, and yeah, trust trust that whatever the medicine shows you is for your best interest, no matter how challenging your experience may seem. That's what's also interesting to me is is what the medicine shows you. Now, in terms of that, just in, I'm curious, uh, as in terms of the medicine, um, how does your intuition guide you in, in the same regard? We talk about that on this program a lot here on Tell Me Your Story where we want people to spend time during what we've called the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, to go within and to, f to get to know the self, both the light and the shadow. That's all mm. of that makes up who we are. Absolutely. But there's a difference between getting to know, we'll focus on the shadow side. There's okay. a difference between that and being set free or getting free from the the bonds, if you will, of what the trauma of the past of those various events that uh, took place in your life. Uh, to to me, on like it it was like layers, right? It it wasn't everything at once, right? It's like I'm gonna show you what you're ready to see, and then we'll progress from there, right? And then it took me into my shadows. I spent a lot of time in there. And, you know, it's, it's terrifying. You spend time in your shadows. You're like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like that. But when you sit in your, sh when you sit in your shadows and it's like almost like a panoramic 360 view of, of your life, mm -hmm. if you allow yourself to just sit and be and just watch everything from, from a neutral perspective, right? Right. It really allows you to, like, look at yourself and be like, okay, I didn't think I could look at it this way. Maybe there's another way to look at it, but obviously getting to that point where you're willing to look at it from different perspectives and take anything negative and turn it into something positive, it takes a while to get to that mindset, right? Yeah. It's not something that happens just like that. Yeah. You got to be willing to put in the work to integrate all the lessons that you are shown. And uh, it, it's true when they say that this medicine is a plant teacher because... In, in, in my second book that I'm currently working on right now, I have a quote that says the scariest thing about ayahuasca, the things that the thing that we fear the most is that it will show who we are. Mm -hmm. And it does. And if you're not ready to really see who you are at your core, it can be outright terrifying, devastating. And you just have to be to be willing to, to venture into those shadows, into the light, like you said. But the shadows also hide a lot of who you are. Yeah. Tell me about your first book. My, my first book was, uh, was like the beginning of my journey to self-awareness, you know, like starting to look at things from different perspectives. It was definitely something I, I rushed. Sure, I finished it in about a year, year and a half. But uh, I'm glad I rushed. Sort of rushed it, right? Mm -hmm. So it taught me to take my time with the second one and really like sit with my work, be patient, analyze it, see how I can make it better, which is what I'm doing right now. And uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where we'll see where the journey takes me. Now you mentioned that uh, in some instances uh, you can accomplish uh, maybe I don't know years of therapy uh, into a short space of time with ayahuasca. Now, yep. that is not saying that you're in a rush to get through this stuff so you can 
put no. it aside and move on to other things. No, no, no. Like what, what, when I say it's like taking a, like getting a few years of therapy, right? Like, sure, you get that, right? But you still have to like integrate all of that into your into your daily life, right? It's not you get that, let's say, two years of therapy in six hours and your journey is done, your healing is done. No, yeah. it's, it's not like that at all. You have to really look at your experience and integrate it into your daily life because that's what that's what the therapy is right it's to integrate all these lessons i call it it's it's a sacred form of therapy if you will Mm -hmm. no i i hear you on that we're talking with medi libera and he is um a soon to be how 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 much further in your training do you have to go before you are able to take on uh, the title of shaman a, a couple of years, you couple know, years. like I can't really give you like an exact number right. of years. Mm-hmm. To me, my vision is in five years, you know, but uh, if it's before, it's before. If it's after, it's after. It is really, what it whenever is. Whenever the medicine says you're ready, right. then that's when you take on that role. He's also a contributor to Mayhem to uh, Miracles. It's a book that is coming out from Sacred Stories Publishing, sacredstoriespublishing.com. Hope that you will uh, pick up a copy and also read his story, which we're going to talk about here on Tell Me Your Story. We're talking about new paradigms for a new world. We're talking about giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And we are here talking about uh, one of the stories, one of the many stories that's contained in this book, Mayhem to Miracles, published by Sacred Stories Publishing, uh, available at that website by our guest. His name is Mehdi Libera, and his story is entitled uh, A Significant Fork. I am going to assume that is not a utensil, but more along the lines, more along the lines of a fork in the road. Absolutely, absolutely. It's definitely not a for, a utensil, yeah. for sure not. Definitely a, a fork in the road. Well, tell us a little bit about your journey up to that fork. Well, honestly, like that 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 fork was really a vision, right? It was a vision that occurred in my uh, in my second ceremony when I started drinking ayahuasca and. Uh, it, the, basically, the vision was I was at this fork and the path split into two, two roads. And at the end of the roads were, were two gates guarded by angels. And uh, I, had, I had no idea what was hidden behind those gates. And um, I didn't want to force the medicine to show me what the gates hid, right? It was up to me to walk and to get to that point in the fork and my life would be decided from that point on. And then after that, so after my first ceremony, I went back to San Diego where I used to live. And uh, then I moved to Las Vegas in uh, March, 2017. And uh, you, you would, you would think that a a drug addict moving to Las Vegas is not the smartest choice, but (laughs) (laughs) doesn't sound like it. Uh, you, you know what? I, ha- I, ha- I didn't really have anything going in my life at the time. Sure, I, I was like well off. You know, I was not really healthy, but, you know, I wasn't like I could get around, you know, I could get places and mm-hmm. uh, I didn't really have any visions for my life. So I went to Vegas with no hopes, no dreams, just the one to party, to have fun, to just let loose. And uh, that's what happened for the next seven months leading up to that to that fork. Hmm. And um, when I when I went to the fork, when I got to the fork, like in my vision, right? So I was in I was in my car. It was after like a wild 72 hour weekend. And Hmm. uh, I found myself leaving one of the strip clubs in town. And I hate strip clubs. I hate that shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh it, it it was like noon and i went home and it was the worst you know walk of shame if you will like obviously it was a cab ride but it was like a walk of shame yeah. home and then i yeah. went home i sobered up and i was like you know what i know exactly what i came to vegas for and that was to die that at that point i knew i came to vegas to die wow so um so i texted my uh my uh one of my dealers that used to live in LA and uh, I was like, Hey dude, I'm 
coming to pick up some heroin. I'll see you in a couple hours. And he was like, all right, I got you. And, um, and then I got into my car, I started the car. And then consequently I started sobbing in the car. And, um, I basically sat in my garage with a car on for about an hour. And, um, in that hour, I basically went back to that vision that I had in my ceremony mm-hmm. back from the 10 months earlier. And, um, and then one of the gates illuminated itself and I knew exactly what was behind it. And it was death, mm. which is what I came to Vegas for. And the other, the other, the other gate remained in the dark, didn't know what it was. And um, as I was contemplating whether I do the drive to Los, to, to Los Angeles to pick up heroin, do I stay? What am I going to do? I heard a voice in my head that said, you know what? Go do heroin if you want, but know that if you do it, there's no coming back. It'll be the end. And I knew that had I followed through with that you know, a week, a couple weeks, a couple months, and that would have been the end of it. And, um, and then after an hour, some, something just clicked in my head. I turned off the car. I messaged the guy and I was like, dude, I'm not coming. I'm going to get some help. He was like, no hard feelings. It's all good. I stepped out of the car. I went back to Costa Rica, three more ceremonies, been sober ever since. I can't hear you. I find it very interesting that you went through a ceremony and 10 months later, you are about ready to end it all. Yeah. I, and so I'm wondering how powerful, significant, and maybe that's the reason why you didn't 10 months later. Uh, but how significant was that 10-month previous ceremony that you went through? Uh, was it, do you feel maybe that had something to do with it, that somehow it had triggered something in you in spite of the feeling you had that, yeah, Vegas is where I'm going to die? that you uh you didn't well i i feel like that 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 ceremony the the vision that i had in that ceremony it it was like perhaps a premonition of the future if you will right like you're gonna get to you're gonna get to a point in your life where sure i didn't know it at that time of that ceremony that it was going to be life or death but it's like the ceremony the vision was telling me that there's going to come a point in your life where you're going to have to make the most important decision in your life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it turned out to be the most important decision in my life. You know, it got, it, like I got to that point. I walked that path. I got to the fork. And at that fork on that day, October 8, 2017, I said, no more. Wow. I, I was done. Yeah. There's a, a, a beautiful song by an artist uh, who's since passed, uh, Dan Fogelberg. He wrote a song called Netherlands. And in that, he talks about a fork in the road. And he says, I came upon, um, I came upon some woods and stood at a fork in the road. My choices were clear, yet I froze with the fear of not knowing which way to go. And this is what's fascinating to me. One road was simple acceptance of life. The other road offered sweet peace. When I made my decision, my vision became my release. We have no idea what decision he made, but it seems as though it didn't make that much difference. Because I never heard those lyrics until now. Yeah. That acceptance of life you would think would also bring you sweet peace. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. for like for me, like before I I made the decision to step out of the car. Once I once I realized that death was on the other side of that first gate, to me in my head, the second gate held uncertainty. Who who knows what's behind that gate? And yeah. to me, that's why I felt like it remained in the dark. Yeah. Because it was the unknown, mm-hmm. and perhaps I had to walk in the dark to truly find myself. So when I started my sobriety on that day, October 8, 2017, I was really walking in the dark because I didn't know how to live without drugs. I didn't know how to go out without drugs. I didn't know how to 
how to function without drugs. Mm. I had to really discover who I was in, in the dark. Yeah. And then being in the dark, and this is one of the things I found interesting in, in this world is that anytime I have ever struggled with a problem, the, 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 the one place I do not want to deal with it is at night. Because there are no borders. There are no boundaries. Darkness just goes on and on. And so whatever the issue is, whatever the problem, the challenge, the struggle, the what have you, it just seems immense. And it's like, okay, I've got to learn how to deal with this stuff when the sun is up, when it's light, okay? Not at night uh, when it can grow and grow and then the fear grows and the angst and all of those things. And it, it starts to take over, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. But as I, as I was learning to walk in the dark, you know, I actually have a, a tattoo on my hand that could be a sunrise or a sunset, right? And to me, it's we live most of our time in the daytime, you know, in, in light. Yeah. And we should we should not forget that when the sun sets down, it also brings beauty because we get to see the stars in the dark. Yeah. You know, and stars can't shine without a little darkness. That's right. So for me, whether light or dark, I'm all for I'm all for it. You know, like I'm I'm all in to discover who I am, whether it's light or dark. And and the other aspect of it too, when you talk about looking at the stars at night, is those stars are reflecting the light of the nearest star. You know, like right. our sun, mm -hmm. which means there is light out there even in our darkest hour. Absolutely. We're talking with Mehdi Libera, and we're talking about, of course, his book, his story, as well as his book. He's got a second one on its way as well. Uh, and we're talking about, of course, plant medicine and a significant fork, which is uh, one of the many stories in the book entitled Mayhem to uh, Miracles, put out by Sacred Stories Publishing. SacredStoriesPublishing.com is the website, and we certainly hope that you will investigate this book, as well as the other, there are two other books ahead of, uh, ahead of this one, and the, we did a series, uh, Mehdi, on uh, chaos, chaos to Clarity back in January of uh, 20. I want to say 2019. I'm trying to remember what year it was, but it was a, a year or so ago, and it's still up on our website and our podcasts. Speaking of podcasts, folks, our podcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, as well as Amazon Music, and we're on YouTube where you can watch these interviews, and I hope you will. And I will explain in just a moment why I have a baseball diamond, and by the way, this happens to be this happens to be what i will always call in phoenix arizona i will always call this bob the bob ballpark uh, it was bank of america that originally uh it was referred to as uh and it looks like a giant warehouse in downtown phoenix it's where the diamondbacks play right and uh so i'll explain that in just a moment as we continue here on tell me your story new paradigms for a new world we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true as we talk, uh, have a continuing conversation here with, uh, with Mehdi Libera and, uh, of course, uh, the contribution he made to Mayhem to Miracles out by uh, the uh, Sacred Stories Publishing Company and SacredStoriesPublishing.com. We hope that you'll check that out. Now, you are on Instagram, uh, and you're yes, on, that, on Instagram under this name, Mehdi Libera. And yep. uh, people can find out about your book on Instagram. Is that right? Yeah, they can. My entire life is on Instagram. So if they <laughs> want to get to know me, just go check me out. I got, I got a cool sister. I got some cool dogs, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. And, and your, your life, you're having fun now and enjoying your life. And uh, also you're in training uh, to be a shaman, uh, you know, a few years to go. Again, the, uh, as you and I both said at the front end of the program, divine right order, you know, that the universe will make it happen when it's time to happen. Absolutely. And uh, it's something that you've been pursuing for a number of years. I'm curious as to your personal spiritual upbringing. How were you raised? 
Uh, so I was I was raised in a Muslim household. I grew up I grew up in Switzerland, and uh, my father my father was Muslim. My mother converted from Christianity to Islam for him. And uh, I mean, my my parents were n never that religious, right? Like they told us not to drink, not to do drugs, just to respect others, you know, like just a, just a, just a norm, right? Right. But uh, to to me, I didn't really start diving into my own spirituality or like spiritual transformation, enlightenment, whatever you want to call it, until uh, more like J July twenty fourteen. When I that's when I first experimented with psychedelics, so with mushrooms in particular, mm -hmm. and it opened my eyes that there is just more to this, yeah. you know, like it grounded me. I felt this deep connection to Earth, you know, about the uni the universe, and I was just like, okay, you know what? If I ever do this again, it's in a comfortable setting, not gonna not gonna abuse that, and yeah, mushrooms one of the things I never abused. You know, I have, I have great respect for plant medicines and uh, whether it's psilocybin, ayahuasca, iboga, marijuana, although I had a bad relationship with marijuana. But, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, 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 it's really how your relationship with that substance is. Right. I mean, to me, like my mother said, try everything once, but don't abuse. Well, that didn't really work out for me. Right. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad it happened the way it did, you know, because it brought me to where I am today and I have no regrets. And I've learned I've learned to love actually by writing my second book that I'm reworking right now that I've learned to love my story for what it is. Mm -hmm. It's discovery. You know, I said to someone the other day, and I'd love your thoughts on this. Um, in reference to a comment that was made about all of the mistakes that I have made in my life. And I said, I've made no mistakes in my life. They were all, all of them, whether you want to call them mistakes or not, were learning experiences, period. Yeah, mistakes are, mistakes are, mistakes are your best teachers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You make, you, you make a mistake, if you want to call it that. Mm -hmm. Learn from it. Apply it differently the next time, right? It's, it's a lesson. Yeah. No, no matter how, this is what I was talking with one of the trainers at the gym I work out at here in Vegas is no matter in, in everything in life, no matter how good or bad, there's a lesson in everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And no matter how difficult a situation can, can seem there, there, there is light. You just have to like dig through a lot of, a lot of shit. <laughs> And, you know, just for example, I lost my grandmother two days ago. Oh. And, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm doing good. You know, I, I knew she was suffering for a while now and I made my peace with it as soon, like, as soon as my mother told me a couple of weeks ago, like it was a week ago. And to me, the this passing of hers is really a sweet release because now she's no longer in pain. She's in a much better space. She's moved on to wherever she's moved on. And... Uh, yeah, now she can now she can rest in peace and at ease. Yeah. And I'm actually very happy that she's not suffering anymore. So even even in death, there is positive. Yeah, yeah. And it's been said too that uh, people who do uh, trans transition or crossover, whatever term you wish to use, uh, are there for us even more than when they were here in the physical. Yeah, yeah. I I I, tr I truly believe that. Yeah. Have you done any more um, research, investigation? Are you uh, any more curious about uh, your upbringing philosophically as a Muslim? Has that something that has interested you, or um, have you is this this shamanic uh, uh, path that you've taken? Uh, is there a, a, a what do I want to use here? The what word I want to use here? Is there a cohesiveness between? Uh, uh, the uh, being a Muslim and a shaman. Well, to, to to tell you, I'm actually not Muslim. I don't consider myself Muslim anymore. Okay. I don't consider myself Christian or Catholic or whatever religions are mm -hmm. out there. I uh, I have no religion. Okay. I'm 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 a free spirit, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, well, well, John Lennon, it's a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, you, you know that it, I, I wouldn't have it any other way because that allows me to just keep an open mind and just not yeah. focus on one yeah. aspect of uh, on, on one religion. Right. Because there's so much out there. Focusing on one thing just limits your res- limits, restricts your ability to think outside the box. Yeah. And you got to you got to live outside the box, you know. Yeah. And I mean, I don't I don't bash any religions. I respect all religions and all that. But to me, I have I have my own beliefs. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, that that works for me. You got to do what works for you. Yeah, Baha'u'llah of the Baha'i Faith, of which I was a member for about a year and a half back in the early '90s, said, "If you accept one of the messengers of God, you accept them all. If you reject one of the messengers of God, you reject them all." And that's kind of my position, because there is so much to learn from all of them, and to, as you just stated so well. Uh, to just focus on one kind of limits. And we, we talk about, we use the analogy of a circle, and there's this event, whether you want to call it your religion, your spirituality is in the middle there, and, or, or whatever it is. And we ask you to walk around the different points on the circle to mm-hmm. get a different perspective, to move Absolutely. about it, to see it from a different angle, so as to get a better understanding of what's going on. It's hard to get that across to someone who is deep in their emotional trauma, though. It's hard to get them to see that, you know, that person who did you wrong or that you say did you wrong. And I'm not saying they didn't. All I'm saying is there's a reason why they did you wrong. And it's often said in uh, uh, in recovery programs, uh, hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And uh, in a manner of speaking, we're all hurting and we're all trying to, you know, get past that. And and some days it's easier than others, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. For, for me, I feel like what I experience, it could like trauma is passed on from another generation, you yeah. know, and it was passed on to me. It, it, it affected me the way it did. And I had a choice whether to continue the cycle or just break it, where I just say, you know what, it ends with me. Just give me whatever you got. Subconsciously, that's what that's what I said. Right. But consciously, I was like, oh, no, what is happening? You know, why are you doing this to me? Right. But I feel like, okay, you know what? It 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 ends with this body right here. I'll I'll take whatever needs to be received and I'll release it when it needs to be released. Mm. And yeah. So in addition and to continuing your uh, shamanic studies, in addition to uh, continuing to work on your second book, uh, what, else, uh, what else is going on for, uh, for Mehdi in, in life in terms of, I don't know, working with different people in different groups and organizations and so forth? I know that, you know, people are starting to move about and travel and do speaking tours and things of this nature. What about you? You, you know, I'm a, we'll cross that bridge when we get there type of guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you, you know, like, I, ha, like I, I, I live in a town where you meet a lot of people and uh, I've started to meet people that are in a similar, like, uh, field, similar visions of helping others. So I'm just connecting with, some of the right people at the moment and uh, going to see what happens from there. I would like to do speaking engagements in the future, you know, when, when the time's right, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I, I live in the present, you know, like, sure, I have a vision for the future, but I don't stress about it. I like to, I like to live in the moment because if you think too much in the past, you know, you get distracted if you're in the future, your head is in the clouds. Mm-hmm. If you're in the present moment, you get to see everything that's around you. Yeah. Well, I know that uh, in terms of uh, staying focused on, let's say, one's life's purpose and the reason why one is here, as you have, uh, uh, it seems as though that's what you've discovered, that your life's purpose uh, in a general sense, is to serve, to help people, but in a more specific, perp- uh, more specific aspect, it's to finish and become that shaman that will then do just that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but before I came to this discovery, I had an endless rotation of 
dreams. I wanted to be a soccer player. I wanted to be a manager for a soccer team. I wanted to, I wanted to be an anchor on TV. I wanted to be like a, like a, I just wanted to be in the TV industry, you know, and then it did not excite me as much as what my vision is now. Now I've had this vision constant for, for, for over two years now. And nothing can take me away from that vision because this mm. is what I'm going to do. It's not a ma- it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. So you will continue to if if you haven't already and again I know that there are certain restrictions and so forth but you will continue to travel uh to Central or South America to continue uh to I I almost want to say and correct me if I'm wrong here uh, to continue, shall we say, your search for and or connection to the universal power or God or what have you that will lead you and guide you on further? Well, to, to me, I don't necessarily refer to anything as God or anything like that. To, to me, I believe that the only person that can, the only thing that can create the life that I want is me, right? Mm-hmm. So my, my my plan is to head down to uh, to South America next year once I have my new teacher, my center, and uh, to to just continue and continue working with the medicine, getting deeper into this relationship, and um, and yeah, whatever whenever I'm told that okay, it's time to serve, then we'll serve. Mehdi Libera is my guest. We're talking uh, with him about his work and uh, the the shamanic path that he has chosen. Uh, it's it, very fascinating to me because I'm always interested in these different um, I, uh, different roles that people choose. In this case, for you uh, to be a shaman, uh, I consider myself a metaphysician. Uh, I, of course, born and raised Catholic. I had the opportunity of learning more about Catholicism through the Eastern Rite of the Catholic Church through my first wife, the Byzantine Rite, which uh, was very, very interesting and educational, to say the least. Uh, But I have always been curious. I got accused by a Christian general manager of being a Muslim when I interviewed someone who uh, talked about um, an organization he had started back in the 80s called Christians and Muslims for Peace, which was called CAMP, where he Mm -hmm. said that Christians and Muslims have more in common than do Christians and Jews. Now, that's what he said. And... um, my, my boss found out that there was this one individual who accused us as, of being used of the devil, you know, in terms of an interview like this. Now, the interview hadn't even aired. Right. And uh, so this person had been to one of these talks in Phoenix and heard him mention the interview. So immediately I get a phone call. So immediately I call my boss and tell him, and he says, I want to hear the interview. And that's when he asked me after listening to the interview, are you a Muslim? I said, uh, no, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. I just want to know what what this is all about, you know. And this right. was bef- a long before all of the hoopla and the fervor in the early 90s, uh, starting with 93 or 92 or 93. Um, you know, it's like, what what is the problem here? These people have a different philosophy. So what? Uh, I've read yeah. enough bits and pieces, bits and pieces of the Quran to know that there was a connection of some sort that Muhammad made between the Muslims and the Christians, uh, talking about the people of the book. Now, it could have been referring to the Jews because, you know, you have, although those were more scrolls. The Torah was considered to be scrolls as opposed to books. But mm-hmm. uh, he, he told his people, protect the people of the book. That's what he said. And then there are passages in the Quran about Mary, the mother of Jesus. You know, uh, you know, I'm sitting here going, there's a connection here. Nothing, nothing grows out of a vacuum. You know, I've no. never seen a philosophy grow out of a vacuum. But it's just, it's just one area. Uh, so I've, I've always been interested in studying and learning about, you know, and there have been some philosophies that have unfortunately taken people to their death. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, Jim Jones in particular and the... The uh, I forget the name of the group, but they followed the the Hale-Bopp comet, you know that whole thing, and and different groups like that, and then of course there are others that people accuse of being this, that, and the other thing. It's like, well, if you don't like it, then don't join, you know. Absolutely. But people have to make their own choices, right? 
Yes, absolutely. They do. Yeah. You can't let something or someone dictate what you want to do because then you're just under that person's control, really. Exactly. They're not in charge of your life. You're in charge of your life. That's it. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I am uh, very appreciative of the time that you have given us here on the program to talk about all of these you. things. I, I do want to ask you uh, three final questions before we wrap up. But before I do that, I do need to mention to our listeners, I know I was going to mention why the baseball diamond. Well, it's because I love baseball. I don't have a team I that I, as much. <laughs> I don't have a team I root for. But to me, mayhem to miracles um, is sort of that kind of thing in terms of baseball, because uh, sometimes as you get into the game and it gets really crazy and, and you just don't know what's happening and why these guys are making the decisions they're making, uh, whether they're in the outfield, infield, or uh, at, at bat, offense or defense. Um, I love what Terry Cashman, musician Terry Cashman, sang about one of his songs entitled Baseball in Ballet. And I'll tell you what, if you watch it from that perspective, it's a beautiful thing. Um, right. I, I just love the game. I love the sport. And I just thought it was appropriate in this context to talk about uh, the, the way in which we go through the nine innings of our lives, uh, you know, and we do the best we can to supposedly win the game of life. But that's not the point of life, is it? It's, it's not about winning. It's, it's just not. about playing. Yeah, exactly. Have it's fun. A, have fun. Absolutely. I, 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 go, I go through the same thing you're going when I watch the Lakers. A <laughs> lot of mayhem, but you know what? It's, it's a lot of good, too. Yeah. I remember when the Lakers and the Phoenix Suns would play. And, you know, oh beat goodness. L.A., oh, beat L.A., L.A. <laughs> beat L.A., you know. And, and uh, you know, there were times we beat them, and then other times we got I'm, beat. I'm still not over that first round uh, series loss this, this past year, but oh. you know what? It is what it is. Well, I haven't followed them for years. It was 1993 was the last time I really followed them. And it was the finals <clears throat> playing against the Bulls. And oh, uh, yeah. they they parted like Moses parting the Red Sea and let Paxson just – or no, it was actually they let uh, – uh, 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 um, oh, I can't remember the guy's name now. A uh, tall, bald guy, and I can't remember his name on the Bulls, um, Michael Jordan, and just let him right on in. Just let him right on in. I'm going, so you guys didn't really want to win this one, huh? Uh, I haven't even, I even videotaped it. I haven't watched the video yet. And it's been, <laughs> it's been almost 30 years, but I loved, I loved watching and my dad did too. So uh, it's very interesting stuff. Beautiful. Sports is a, is a nice diversion, but it's also a wonderful analogy for what we're talking about here. Cause you just yeah, never know what's going to happen. Together. Yeah. You never yeah. know what's going to happen. Yeah. You don't know if that last shot is going to rim out or if it's going to go down. Yeah, exactly right. Heartbreak or, or joy, you know? like Exactly. But that's not the last game, and it's not the last shot. Exactly. Because it's there's not. always going to be another game. Life goes on. Exactly. I want to let you, our listeners, know that this program is here Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. We're also here on Wednesdays for a special edition of Tell Me Your Story, this being a special, special edition with uh, us focusing on uh, Mayhem to Miracles, the book put out by Sacred Stories Publishing, sacredstoriespublishing.com, where you can get your copy. Uh, Mitty Libera is our guest here on the program, and uh, we are so grateful for his giving us his time. We're going to have quite a number of contributors to this book on this special edition that will be airing throughout the coming weeks. And we thank you so much for uh, uh, being a part of this program, folks. We also encourage you to uh, listen to the podcasts, the full version. If you're listening to the radio version, you're only getting a portion of it. Uh, you're going to want to listen to the entire uh, version of the uh, interview by going to the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry. Uh, we are also on iHeart and Amazon Music. And we're on YouTube where you can watch 
watch these videos. And I hope that you'll subscribe to either or the podcast or videocast. We hope you'll do that as well as listen to the radio broadcasts on the days and times that I've already mentioned. If you'd like to support the work that we are doing here, we would love your support by sending us a contribution through PayPal. It's for your security as well as ours. And when you go to send, put in my email address, which is richard at richarddugan.com. And we are uh, appreciative for any contributions of any amount. And we thank those who have supported and those who will support. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Also participate in the decade of perfect vision the 2020s, spending that time going within, listening to that still small voice. You know what? Plant medicine may not be for you, uh, but uh, by the same token, it might. And that still small voice will help you out and guide you in the right direction. I, I genuinely believe that. With all of that said, uh, I want to ask you one of the first of three questions that I ask all of my guests. You may have addressed this during the interview, but I like to ask it directly. And the first of those three questions is, who is Medi Libera? Medi Libera is a baby shaman. And uh, I'm just learning. I'm just growing up right now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, who I, that's who I am. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? So with the, with the work that I'm doing now, obviously I'm, you know, continuing my own, I'm on my own healing. Shamanism is a practice that's centered around constant healing. There's always more layers to peel. Just when you think you've, you're done with this one specific topic. Oh, here's another layer. It, it throws a little curveball at you, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it because it just means you get to know yourself better. You get to know who you are. You get to love who you are. And uh, when, I'm, when I'm ready to serve, I will be ready to serve others. Mm. And finally, what is your life's purpose? I'm a servant of humanity. I want to help others. That's it. I, it's the simplest way I can put it. Medi Libera, I thank you again for joining us here on the program, for your contribution to Mayhem to Miracles, and for your contribution to Tell Me Your Story. It's been a great pleasure to get to know you, and I hope that we get a chance to talk again. Absolutely, Richard. I appreciate the time. I appreciate you, and uh, looking forward to speaking in the future. Absolutely. I'm Richard Dugan, and I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, new paradigms for a new world as we give you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to love.